Yeah, yeah. All right, it is an exciting, historic day. I'm so glad you're here to be a part of it. So much we want to cover today. God has been teaching us so much about what it means to pray and to pray bold. We've been doing that uh, over the past weeks. We started to see results. God is answering bold prayers with bold answers. And you've seen some of the life change already here at Vertical. I believe there will be more. You know, the last thing that the enemy wants you and I to do is to pray and to pray bold. That's the last thing he wants because he knows that the minute you and I do, heaven moves. He knows that the minute you and I do, warfare breaks out in the heavenlies. He knows that when you and I do, strongholds begin to be broken. He knows that when you and I do, circumstances change. He knows that when you and I do, we start making agreements with heaven and no more agreements with him and people get saved and lives are transformed and marriages are restored and families are all reconciled to one another. Amen? That happens when people pray and they pray bold. Now, we've been praying down some strongholds. We've been talking about some of the things that the enemy has whispered and a lot of believers have bought into them. For example, the enemy whispers, what difference will it make if I pray? That's a lie. That's an agreement he wants you to make with him because the minute you do, he'll grasp you in his claws and you'll be caught into a stronghold. We've been pulling that lie down. The enemy wants to whisper and does whisper and say, God is going to do what he's going to do whether I pray or not. Wrong. God moves in response to our prayers. And strongholds are broken when we pray. We can even, as we have learned, the power of interceding. Because that's another lie the enemy wants you to think is that you can't change and someone else won't change either. That's a lie. When you and I pray bold on behalf of someone else and intercede for them, God begins to move in their life as though they were the one who was praying. And he begins to break strongholds in their life. I hope you're already engaged in some warfare like praying for people that you know, for people in your family. When we, when we listen to the enemy, when we make agreements with him, he begins to establish strongholds. But when you and I begin to make agreements with heaven, God begins to break down strongholds and God begins to build up a new generation who will believe and trust in him. So today, we're gonna to talk about what it means for the church as a whole to know what it means to pray together, to pray out loud, to pray in confidence and to pray with bold faith because we have been called to that. This is, this is the people, the church, that Jesus gave the promise to, that the gates of hell would not prevail against us it's the gathered church that he makes that promise to. So today, our message is called Pray Bold as the Church. Now, I've been making some exciting announcements within this message today, but I want to frame it all within a, a biblical context, of course. We want to do that today. But I want to start with this idea that there are some lies that the enemy has been whispering for a few decades in our country about the church. I'm here today to pull those down. I'm here today to shut those down. I'm here today for us to rebuild and reestablish and understand who we are as the church of Jesus Christ here on planet earth. Amen. Here are some of the whispering agreements that the enemy has been saying in our day at this time. The church is just outdated. 
I don't know what church you've been going to. This church is not outdated. We stand on the timeless word of God and speak it into the reality of life today. Not outdated. The, whisper, the enemy wants to whisper and say, the church is irrelevant, wrong. I don't know where you've been going, but when you're involved in a church where the spirit of God is alive and the word of God is taught and people are transforming themselves by obeying the word of God, it's very relevant to our lives today. Amen? There've been some movements today in our world through COVID, through government, to try to shut down the church, to say that we are not central to the core of the culture, to tell us we can't meet, to tell us we, haven't, we don't have the right to meet, to tell us what we can and cannot say. This church will never be given over to the mandates of this world. We will stand on the authority of Jesus Christ and his word and proclaim his truth. Amen? The enemy wants to whisper and says, I'm the church when I'm just out during the day. You're a believer when you're out during the day. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. But it is when the church is gathered for the purpose of worship and teaching and proclaiming the gospel that this is church. This is church. This is what the enemy wants to silence. This is what the enemy wants to stop. Because there's power when the group gathers all together. Amen? Come on now. Don't believe that deception. I'm a believer when I'm by myself. When my wife and I are at home, we are believers together and the Lord is there. But that is not church. That's my home. I'm going to be Jesus to my wife and my wife is going to be Christ back to me. We're going to be, we're going to be the picture of Jesus and the church in our relationship but this alone is the church. The church is not the church unless the church is gathered. Look it up. It's what it is. The enemy would want to whisper and suggest that the church should be separate from culture. That we do not belong in the culture. That we should be quiet about things related to culture. Wrong. You don't find that anywhere in scripture. Jesus said to go into all the world and make disciples. Jesus said that we are the pillar and the ground of truth to the world. Jesus said that we are the ambassadors of reconciliation. Jesus said that we are the salt and the light of the world. We are called, mandated to go, to speak, to rescue, proclaim, and speak the gospel into the culture. And yes, even change the culture. Hello. That's what salt and light does. If there's no reason for that, I'm not interested in being here. I'm not here just to play some religious Sunday morning activity. I'm here that we might be the gathered body of Jesus Christ, structured and armed and ready and equipped to go into this world and make a difference and do violence against the kingdoms of this world, to do violence against Satan and all of his forces that are holding people captive today, to rescue them and to pull down strongholds and set captives free. Amen? Amen. That is who we are as a church, and we won't settle for anything less. The enemy wants to whisper, amen. The enemy wants to whisper and tell the church to stay in its lane. The enemy wants to whisper to the church and say, you just need to be accepting of a changing world today. Look, a pillar and a foundation don't move. They are rock solid and they are established. 
and we are a church built upon Jesus Christ who is unchanging. His truth is relentless. It does not move. It does not bend. In fact, it calls everyone else to come and bend and break to it. And this is what we are about today as the church. So there is power when the church prays, and we will not yield to anything less than that. We will speak the truth in our culture. We will speak the truth in this day. We will proclaim the gospel, and we will pray bold. So today, as vertical, I want us to look at a passage, and we're going to jump into some crazy stuff happening today. Look at Joshua chapter 1. This is going to be our frame of reference for the day. In Joshua chapter 1, the people of God have come out of Egypt. It's a new day. Their leader, Moses, has died. And a young man by the name of Joshua is about to step up and fill the shoes of Moses. Can you believe that? Can you imagine being that guy who has to follow Moses? He has to stand in his place. He has to lead the people who have all become dependent upon him. He has to lead the people who have watched Moses be their rescuer, the one that God has worked through, spoken through. And in Joshua chapter one, they're about to embark on a new day. They're about to go to a new place. And God speaks to Joshua to speak to the people. And here's what it says in Joshua chapter one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. The past is gone. It's a new day, Joshua. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, the river, you and all this people, to the land that I am giving to them, the children of Israel. God had a place for them. He had a land for them. He had a place that they were meant to be. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I said to Moses. I keep my promises. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, in other words, all the land that the enemy now dwells in, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Some pretty historic words spoken on a historic day to a people who are about to embark into a new day, a new time. And they needed direction, courage, and confidence that God was with them. You know, when you take those words and you mirror them against even the final words of Jesus to the disciples, you'll find a lot of parallels. You find Jesus saying to those disciples that he walked with, I'm giving you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I am with you even to the end of the age. You hear that same spirit given to the disciples from Jesus' own lips. And I thought about this whole passage here of Joshua. I just want to point out a few things about this day. They, they stepped into the eve of a, of a new day, and they were stepping there with boldness. They were going to enter what God had given them. They were going to stand in the truth of what God had told them. They had a land that was for them, and they were going to step up into that. 
That's what God had called them to. They were going to enter the land. It would take faith. It would take courage. They were going to take back lost ground. This land was theirs, but enemies had set up camp in the land. And they were going to have to go in and rout those enemies. They were going to have to come up against walled cities, strongholds like Jericho. And they were going to have to see those strongholds pulled down. They were going to have to go in and take back the ground, pull down strongholds, and they were going to have to shout the good news. They were going to have to shout that the Lord was their God, and he was victorious. They were going to have to set captives free who would be in that city and dwelling in the land who would come to believe, but they were going to have to go in and proclaim that news. They were going to have to go in and rescue them. They were going to be the conduit that God was going to use to pull them out and set them free, and they were going to then be the people that God would use to raise up future generations. There you go, in a nutshell, what we just read at the beginning of Joshua. Now, today, I believe we stand on the eve of a new day as Vertical Church. It's a historic day. Next Sunday, we began two services. We've had attendance greater than what this room should uh, comfortably sit. And upstairs in our kids' area, even more. So today, I'm going to be talking to you about a way that we believe God has provided or is going to provide for us to um, move forward in this process. But I believe we stand on the eve of a new day, a day to enter in what God has given to us as the church. In many ways, I think what's happening in our day is that the church, the true church, is waking up to who it is. The true church is saying, wait a minute. I'm not going to be pushed around anymore. I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be told to be quiet. I'm going to keep proclaiming the good news. I'm going to go and see that captives are set free. I'm going to show grace, but I'm going to speak truth because this is the day that the church must arise and lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? We're going to enter the land that God has given to us. We're going to take back some lost ground. We're going to take back what we have yielded Two, we have given over. We're going to pull down some strongholds, I believe, in the day ahead. We're pulling down strongholds in people's lives that they are being set free. They're being changed here. You heard the story last week of a young girl and a young man and how God has worked in both of their lives and is changing them. Those stories are repeating here at Vertical. They're continuing. We're going to shout the good news to our culture. We're going to see captives set free. And we are going to use our opportunity and responsibility to raise up future generations. Amen? The children that are in our children's ministry this morning, the youth that are in our youth ministry tonight, those that are in our extreme ministry this evening, we are not just providing fun care for them. They're going to have a good time when they're here, but they are learning God's word. They are being challenged to walk in their faith. Let me just give a little plug for our podcast here. If you have not heard the podcast that Trua and I did recently about the surprising way that God is working in young people today, please go to our YouTube channel and listen to that. You will be shocked. I'm not just commercializing here. I'm telling you. You'll be shocked at what you hear from Truett in that podcast about what God is doing in young people today. So check that out. We are persistent in this, and I want to give you some reasons today why we can pray bold. I want to talk to you about some things that are on the, the edge, the forefront of where we are. We stand on the eve of a brand new day, and I believe we have multiple reasons why we should pray bold for God to move in and through our church. The first of these 
I've alluded to already this morning, it's because of our heritage. I introduced you to Miss Carol Edwards. But this church goes back further than Carol and Wes. Let me give you just a very brief timeline of what was First Baptist Ovilla before we merged with them and we became Vertical Church Ovilla. Check out this timeline. In 1903, the Ovilla Baptist Church of God was established right here. And they bought the land for $50. Wow. Pocket change today, right? And the property, there's not a lot. Obviously, there's not a lot of property here. But it extended all the way to the creek, actually, kind of by the car wash over here. There was no Ovilla Road back in the day. The Main Street was what we call Main Street. That's why it's called Main Street. Because you came down Main Street behind the church here and went across. There was no Ovilla Road back in the day. In 1922, they had the first full-time pastor. And they called it. had 75 members here in Ovilla. God was working already back in that day. And they were praying. Uh, churches would gather here. They would baptize down in the creek down here. It's beautiful back in there. If you've ever looked uh, at the Ovilla Heritage Park back upstream a little bit, you'd think, why isn't anyone telling that this is back? This is absolutely stunning and beautiful. Well, it's because it's owned by some private property owners right now. So it's beautiful back there, though. 1945, Ovilla Road is constructed and divides the church property. It cuts right through there. And so the little bitty strip of property that's on the other side of Ovilla Road between us and the car wash, we actually own it. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. 1972, this church was renamed the First Baptist Church of Ovilla. God was doing a work. God was continuing. This area was beginning to grow, and the church was growing back in the day as well. I came here and visited with some friends back in the 80s, and this building was not here. There was a, a wood frame building that sat in the very back, I mean, with the old school pews with the little plaques on there that says this seat reserved for, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, it was interesting. And then in 1992, Wes and Carol came here. Wes was the pastor of the church. The church had 90 members at the time. Under their ministry, the church grew exceedingly. They got to like 400 plus members here in the church. And the area where you drop your kids off upstairs, that's the Elevate Kids area, that was the main sanctuary. Behind that back wall is a baptistry, like an old school, you know, Baptist church back in the day. It was their, it was their place and they used it and that was, that was where they met. And then in 1996, under Wes's direction, they built this building, the Family Life Center. And uh, I love hearing Carol talk about it. I, 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 I remember Wes, I remember talking to him. Um, I also found some newspaper articles from when they built this building. And I found a quote from Wes that I thought would be important for today. So uh, check out this, this clip um, from 1996. They asked Wes, and he said, This facility is what many churches refer to as its family life center. But since we envision a lot happening here, I call it the action center. And they had a long list in the newspaper of all the things they were going to do in here, and they did it. It was a busy, happening place. And so sometimes, uh, Carol, I've, I've heard people refer to this as the Wes Edwards Action Center. Did they call it that? After he resigned, yeah. This, this was the Wes Edwards Action Center because he had a vision for ministry, and it happened. Now, as Wes got older, he began to have some health issues, and he had to resign. Other staff came in, and sadly, some very difficult days um, happened for the church. Some days that were painful, uh, some days when um, the enemy got a foothold here and there was a church split. It was very painful. 
It's very difficult. And I look back, I have some old church directories next door that I look at from time to time. And I think, where are all these people? They're, they're not here at all. If you are original, FBO, first have this old villa, raise your hand. There's not many, a few back here and a few here. It's sad what happened back then. And um, the church just, it just dropped down to attendance to a point where when, when me and Encounter enter the picture before the merge, they've got, I don't know, 40, 50 people here. And we as Encounter, we had about 40, 50 people as well. And we merged um, back in 2015. But when I hear those stories of brokenness and, and, and when I hear that strongholds were established here, when I hear that there were painful things that happened here, I get upset. I get upset at the enemy for doing that, for destroying a church, for destroying the work that God was doing here. So when I look at what's happening today, I think in many ways we are taking back surrendered ground. We are redeeming what God allowed at that time, but what the enemy prospered off of. Amen. And he has brought us to redeem what has been lost. Amen. Amen. So we can pray bold because we know we are taking back stolen ground. We are redeeming what was lost and we are seeing new life come back into the very place that they and many others have prayed and believed that God was going to work here on this property. I think about people that must have stood here in the 1922 and prayed and people that stood here in 1992 and prayed and here we are 2022 and we're praying to the same God and we can pray bold because God has given us his promises and given us his word so we can pray bold because we're taking back stolen ground but another reason we can pray is that because of the vision that God has given us as a church we can pray bold about that we are called to stand against the gates of hell. We're called to, to possess the keys of the kingdom, to be the pillar on the ground of truth, as I've mentioned. And our staff has spent a lot of time praying, God, what is your purpose here? We want to understand. We know what your word tells us, but you have something unique for us, something for us as vertical that sets us apart from the church around the corner this way, the church around the corner this way, the church up the hill that way, whichever way you want to go, God has something unique for us just as he has for all of them. So we have, we've poured into scripture, praying, a lot of conversation. God, what is it you have for us? And I've shown you this vision statement before, but I want to say it one more time today because this defines everything we do here at Vertical Church. Here is our vision statement. Vertical Church is driven to be the clear voice in society. The clear voice in society for declaring the gospel. The leading voice for speaking truth into the culture. The leading voice. I don't want to be just a voice. I want to be the leading voice. I want to be the one that's speaking truth up against the culture. To be the one that is the standard of training for followers of Jesus to confidently live out their faith. This is not just shop talk. This is not just a cool thing to put on the wall. This is for the staff. This is our do or die. This is it. We're not interested in anything else. We're not here just to play some games. We're not here just to fulfill some religious duties. We're not here just so we can have a job. We're not here just to have fun. We are here on this mission. And if we can't see this happen, we're not interested in it. 
Amen? This is who we are as a church. This is our vision. This is do or die for us. This is what we pour ourselves into, pray toward, pray boldly for, that all of these definite articles of thee might become possible and become true for us as a church because this is what Jesus calls us to. Amen? We're not content with anything less than that. We're not content with anything less than life change, than revival, than another spiritual awakening happening in our culture, and it's starting right here. We're not content unless that happens. And we'll fight, we'll stay up late, we'll stay up, we'll get up early, we'll pray hard, we'll study, we're gonna do what we must in spiritual warfare, we're gonna do what we must in conversation, we're gonna do what we must in Bible study, in giving ourselves and sharing our lives. This is what we are passionate about because we are the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. This is what you can pray for because we wanna be a training center. We wanna be the place where people say, you know, I really want to understand God's purpose for my life. You need to get on down to vertical church. Well, I want to understand something about how do I honor God with my finances? My finances are a wreck right now. You need to get on down to vertical church. Well, I want to understand something about how to, you know, make some sense of all the emotional turmoil I'm going through right now. My, my life's just a wreck right now. You need to get on down to vertical church because they have the people and the training and the resources that you need for understanding how to live your life under the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what we want to be. We want to be that place for marriages as well. You know, there's just not a lot of great resources out there today that are structured. You don't get teaching in the school systems anymore about what marriage is. They're not even sure what a man or a woman is, much less a marriage, right? The church must be that place. Us, we are the pillar and the ground of truth in the culture, in the world. We have to be that place that says, here's what a marriage is. And I want to head it off at the front end. I want to be there at the back end when someone's having trouble, but I want to be at the front end training people going into marriage so they don't have to go through all the stuff that some of us have gone through, amen? This is what we want to be at Vertical Church, to be the place that teaches husbands how to be like Jesus Christ in his marriage, to lay down his life for his wife, and to help a wife know how to love her husband and be this picture in the home of Jesus and the church and what that looks like. We need training, classes, resources, help, prayer, commitment to all of that. And that's what we're committed to here at Vertical Church. We want to help parents in the process. Man, parents, I don't envy you today. I pray for you today. And I'm determined that Vertical Church will be the place to help every Christian parent, whether you have chosen public school, private school, charter school, home school, whatever it is, to help you in the process have the responsibility that God has given you to train your children, to own that and walk in that and know how to make it happen and not just hand your children off to anybody else. I don't care what school format it is for them to do the work. That's not, your, that's not the call. It's your responsibility. You might have others aid you in the process, but we want to be the place that helps parents know, how do I teach my children? How do I know how to supplement what they might be getting in some institutional form of education? How do I raise them up to love God so that when they're 18, they're not looking to run away from me as fast as they can, but instead they're looking to you with all their heart. We, 
We have, I believe, the answers for that, and we're training for that. We're building to that so that we are the place that helps parents know how to parent like that. We also want to be the place that helps children grow up to know Jesus. We're not just filling this time on Sunday mornings anytime our children meet with fluff. They're being taught the word of God. They're being trained how to walk in God's ways. They're going to understand what a woman is and what a man is and what the gospel is and who Jesus is and what the Bible is. Amen. They're going to know all those things. We want to train them in that. And so to what degree the church, vertical church, could even be a resource to help parents who say, I need some help. I've chosen homeschooling. I want some help in the process. We want to be that for your children and for you. We want to be the place that provides the training, the insight, and the encouragement for parents and those children. Whether you've chosen institutional form of education or not, we want to be that help for you as well, for children and for young people. We want to see young people trained up to be warriors for Christ, confident in their faith. They, knew who, they know who they are. They know what God's purpose for them is. So when they hit 18, they're not wondering, oh my, what do I do now with my life? Look, we all don't know, even at 50 plus what to do with our lives sometimes, but we know how to seek the Lord. I know how to teach a young person to seek the Lord and to walk in obedience to the path that he has for them. We want to be that place that helps young people know God's word, walk in God's word, whatever the resistance is around them to have boldness and courage, own their faith, own their responsibility and walk and follow Jesus Christ in their life. And then we also want to be a place that helps train other ministers for the gospel. Our staff... We go to conferences from time to time, but every conference we've been to, which is most conferences that are out there like this, they are designed for the very, very large churches. They're for the mega churches, right? That's where we end up going. Go to a mega church and they tell us all about how to be a mega church. We're not a mega church. I don't know how to be this church at a mega church because you got stuff that's for a mega church, but we're, we're an Ovilla vertical church. Amen. Do you know that 95% of the churches in America are under 200 in attendance? let that sink in. Guess who doesn't get the training that they need? That group. There's not a lot of good training out there for ministers who are wondering, how do I grow my ministry? How do I seek um, the Lord in our church? How do I lead my people into maturity in Christ? How do I become a voice in the culture without compromise? We want to be the place, Vertical wants to be that place where we are a training ground, a seminary-like atmosphere for training young ministers for being involved in the gospel and in church ministry. Amen? Those are some of the ways that you can pray bold. Now, let's get into some other very, very interesting things that are ahead for us as Vertical. We can pray bold because of some facility changes that are upon us. So uh, if you've been around Vertical for a while, you know that there's a sign out front over the canopy that says Firehouse Kids Daycare. Firehouse Kids Daycare began here at a time when the church was going through some decline and they were struggling and they weren't sure how they were going to even be able to keep the campus. Firehouse Kids came in and began to rent from the church and began to be a support financially for the church. So when, when Vertical comes along and is born, the Firehouse Kids Daycare is virtually keeping the church alive financially. And we owe a great debt of appreciation to them for them keeping the facilities alive for us. And we've attempted to express that over the years. And our trustees early on even saw to it that they were financially reimbursed for all that they financially gave to support the church. Uh, 
in its day. Uh, God provided in such great blessing here for the church to be able to do that for the daycare. And so they are not a ministry of the church. They rent from the church. And so um, we heard from the owner last or a couple months back, and they said, we have found another facility in Midlothian, and we've enjoyed our time here, but we are about to leave your facility. And so uh, that caused some mixed thoughts. Because one, we have become dependent in some ways on that income. It's become very important to us. Two, on the other side, we were saying, Lord, we sure could use some more space here. There's a lot of spaces that we can't use because they got preschool daycare classes inside them. And God knew when we were praying bold how to answer both of those things at the same time. And so... Um, as our trustees met and looked at, okay, if the day or when the daycare leaves, there's going to be this much money needed for the remainder of 2022. I was getting nervous, honestly. I thought, Lord, what are we going to do? And we began to pray. Trustees began to meet. And they came back to me and said, you know, God has blessed vertical this year. And that amount right there that we are not going to receive because the daycare is leaving this year, God has already made up through the growth that has come in this year at Vertical. Through your faithful giving, that need has already been met for this year. Isn't that amazing what the Lord, the Lord knew all of that. The Lord planned all of that. And so they are in the process. If you looked in some of the rooms, you'll notice stuff's getting packed up and they're getting ready to move out. They will be gone by October. And so we will say goodbye to them with, with gratitude for the part that they've played here, but with gratitude for some extra space. It's come at, a, at God's timing that he would arrange that. And so uh, staff... And our elders have, have been meeting already and talking about, okay, what does this look like? Because there's some spaces now that we can recapture. We can take back some ground that had to be used for some other purposes for the time. But Wes and many others had prayed that this facility would be an action center used for his glory. We're about to see that happen full scale here at Vertical. So um, I want to show you some rooms that you might be familiar with, you might not be. Uh, if you take kids upstairs, I want to show you some of the things that we are excited about doing. A lot of these are, these are all conceptual. These are not, I don't have blueprints for all these yet. I don't even have dollars for all this yet. It's all happening so fast. I don't, I can't tell you how much it's going to cost. I don't know any of that yet, but I can show you some conceptual things that we are excited about doing. So let me show you a space upstairs. First of all, this is our pre-K room. Uh, Pre-K parents, you might recognize this. And so um, this, as you can see, those steps there leads up to that north annex. There's a little wing that goes out on the other end of the facility over there that the church does not use at all. It's the daycare primarily and exclusively. Well, with them leaving, it's going to open the door for us to be able to use that space. Well, guess what we need? More children's space. So our goal is to put a wall up right here. 
and they'll give us access to be able to use that room, but also to move into the next part of the facility, that north wing. Let me show you this north wing. It doesn't look like a lot right now. It's just a hallway with some, uh, with some rooms on the side. When we first came here in the merge, these were the church offices, but our vision would be to take these walls down and make a large preschool ministry area where we can have children and preschool area. Amen. <clears throat> Because right now what's happening on Sunday mornings is there's K4 through 4th all in one big space. And so you've got these little preschooler kids with these older fourth graders, and they're just kind of standing and look at them like, oh. This would allow us to have a space just for them, just for those little kids, have their own music, their own you know, little chairs, their own stuff happening, their own crafts, own snacks, and all that kind of stuff. Say it again their own bathrooms, all that kind of stuff, yeah. And then uh, another part of that, if you back up in the hallway just a little bit, this is the, the, the first part of the hallway you walk into. Our vision here is to take that and knock part of the wall down there and create a play space for children. So you'd have like a little play area. They could play indoors when the weather's bad or just be able to move kids around. Have you noticed that K4 kids can't sit still for an hour and listen to a Bible story? <laughs> they can't. So you got to move them around. You got to play with them. You got to have some snacks. You got to have a Bible story time. You got to have some play time. You got to have, you know, little video you watch time. You do all kinds of things with them. This would allow us the space to be able to do that. Let me show you another space that we um, recreated already this year. This is the back of the Elevate area. Well, uh, Micah originally said, yeah, I can use the room back there behind this green wall. I can use that for our fifth and sixth grade ministry. The fifth and sixth grade ministry recently has just blown up. I mean, it's great. They meet on Sunday nights at the same time our youth do, and they're having like 30 kids in there. And fifth and sixth graders, they like to get active. You know, they, wanna, they also don't want to sit for an hour and a half and listen to a Bible story. They want to do some crazy, you know, kooky games with spaghetti and eggs and all that kind of stuff. And so they need a space for that. So our vision is to remove some of these walls and make a large space for them as well. So they'd have their own space. Elevate Extreme is that ministry, and we'd have a space for them as well. And then you've probably noticed since we've redesigned down here our lobby out here. As you come in, we have moved our lobby from this door to those doors here. It has allowed us to have more room here, but we know this lobby space is really kind of small. It's kind of tight. That's why the coffee was outside this morning, because we just don't have enough room in there. Yeah, coffee. Awesome. Well, with the daycare gone, we'll be able to do some things here. And our goal is to take that area and open it up and make a welcome area, amen, yeah. And make a nice lobby area. We can still serve coffee there, but we can have our, our welcome team out there, people who need information about the church and its ministries. Be the perfect entrance. You can take your kids, your kids on to Children's Church. Uh, we can come on into the service. It also is a great holding area between the first and second services. So uh, very functional. And to think, you know, God, you're the one who arranged all of this. You knew the timing. You knew the order of events. You knew the daycare. You knew all of that. You planned it all. And we're excited to sit on the eve now of some exciting things about what God is going to do. I don't have, like I said, I don't have the cost for all this. I don't have any blueprints drawn up. These are just some conceptual uh, drawings here. But know that that stuff is in the works, and we'll have more information to you soon. All right, let's talk about another one that's fascinating, some other facility challenges. And if you're, I hope you're making a list of some things to pray bold about. Because here, is, here are some challenges that are upon us. If you're one of the fortunate few who get here early, you get to park on the concrete or asphalt here, right? If not, you're parking in that field next door, right? That's not our property. 
But the man who owns that tutoring center and the shell has graciously allowed us to park on that property. He said, we can do that and there's no cost for that. Thank you, God. So we've been doing that. And so that has been filling up. We just recently talked to the landowner behind us. Uh, you know, there's an old yellow house back here in a large front yard. Uh, the owner has said, we can even begin parking there as well. So God is gracious. Uh, those are not our properties. We don't own them, but those people have been gracious to us to allow us to park in those, those spots. So we're grateful for that. But uh, that is a challenge. Uh, we can work out some space within the building, but the idea of figuring all that out, I don't have the answers to yet for parking, what happens there. That's a pretty bold moment for us. Amen? Um, and then let me tell you one more. Um, this area is growing, right? Uh, Ovilla Road was widened in the past several years. If you've been here for a long time, you know Ovilla Road used to just be a two-lane road back in the day with no shoulders even to it. They added the shoulders, now they added the lanes, and the concrete median and all that stuff. Well, guess what? TxDOT is about to start up again, and they're going to go from Westmoreland all the way down to 287. They're going to take all those funky little curves out between here and Waxahachie. It'll be more of a smooth shot all the way down. It'll be awesome, won't it? Yeah, it's awesome, except it comes right here in front of our building as well. It's awesome, huh? Uh, a lot more people coming here, which is great. Love that. But just to be honest, all cards on the table. Uh, we're still working with TxDOT about access to our property. And there's some things that are not resolved yet. So I'm asking you, the people of God, let's pray. Amen? Add this to your prayer. God, give us an open door. Amen? We need an opening, God. We need an open door. I need you to do a miracle. So you pray. And we'll see what happens. Negotiations are in, in process right now. But uh, I want you, the people of God, to know so that we can all pray together about this. So that's coming. Um, we can also pray bold because of growth in this area. Man, the population growth is just crazy. Houses that are being built, uh, the church growth that we're seeing, the two services, our Sunday night youth program is growing. They, Truth's already saying you know, we're kind of busting out the seams of Main Street back here already. They're talking about coming over here on Sunday nights at some point soon because God's blessing. Amen. So uh, we're experiencing growth at every level in our classes, in our services, our online ministry. Numbers are just continuing to grow. God is blessing. In fact, I'm just curious. If you, if you um, moved here within... Let me, let me ask it this way. If you were new at Vertical within the past year, would you raise your hand? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a lot of folks. Awesome. If you are new in the state of Texas within the last five years, raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Welcome, welcome. I'm excited about all of those things. I'm more excited that God is spiritually growing people here. I'm excited that lives are being transformed, that people are hearing truth, people are believing truth, and there is a genuine hunger. That's how you know you're healthy, when there's hunger physically as well as spiritually. When there's spiritual hunger and people say, hey, I want to read my Bible. Help me know what to do. Hey, I want to pray. Help me know how to pray. Hey, I want to follow God. Would you help me understand his will for my life? Then that's what we do. We 
we help them in that process because we are called to make disciples. And so I would say continue to pray bold. Pray bold for us to have the space we need, the resources we need. Um, Jesus is building his church. He calls us to be his fellow workers in the process. So we pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers in the field. The two-service format is going to allow many people to come to one service and serve in another. There's going to be a lot of expanded opportunities for serving. So uh, the last one I want to point out to you is this, is that Jesus is building his church. He's the one who's doing that. We simply join him in the process. We're going to keep tearing down strongholds. We're going to keep doing what he's called us to do. Uh, We're seeing uh, those with addictions, having those broken in their life. We're seeing families restored. We're seeing old men have dreams. Amen? We're seeing young men have visions for what God can do. We're seeing the young come to follow the Lord and have a passion for him. We're seeing children fall in love with Jesus. You're going to see more baptisms over the weeks ahead. We've got like just baptism, baptism, baptism. There's a lot coming I'm excited. It's new life coming into our church. And we're going to keep lifting him up. We're going to keep living him out. This is do or die. We're not interested in anything else but that. Now, you got in front of you on that card. In fact, I want you to take that home today, that card that was on the chair, either in front of you or on the one you're sitting on. Make sure you take that home today because in that card are 15 promises on the inside. Yep, make sure I still have 15. There's 15 promises on the inside that we are standing on as, uh, as staff that I believe we can all stand on as God's people. And on the back, there's a list of ways you can pray bold for Vertical Church. I hope this becomes a routine in your life to pray bold. We're going to do a couple of things today. I'm going to ask Mr. David Biggerstaff if he'll join me on stage. David is one of our elders here. Uh, I sometimes refer to David as one of our more senior elders, but he reminds me he's not the most senior of all the elders, but that he is one of the longer serving elders. So I'm grateful to have David here. David's going to pray here in just a minute. He's going to pray a prayer of gratitude for all that has gone before us. Amen. We stand on property that others have provided and prayed for. Amen. So David's going to pray a prayer of gratitude. Then we're going to do something fun here after that. I'm going to dismiss parents. Go get your kids. Okay. And then I'm going to ask everybody to meet outside. We're going to make a giant circle as much as we can from about this point over here outside under those trees around all the way to the parking lot over to where the kids church area is. We've got speakers out there. I'm going to be out there and we're going to pray outdoors together for the future of what God has for us as Vertical Church. Amen. That way, Yeah, amen. And we're going to involve the children in that. There's power when you involve the children. They need to see God's people praying. They need to see adults praying and seeing God answer prayers. So let's do this. David, you pray for us. And then parents, we're going to dismiss you after that. David, pray for us. I'm going to say something real quick. Miss Carol and I had this conversation, I think it was last week. I can wander around and try and meet people, and I have one promise, I'll forget your name. So we, we, we go past that. I can keep that promise. But we were talking about, you know, where we sit. And so we all kind of get, it's okay, wherever you feel comfortable. But I got to looking. She sits over here. Linda and I sit over here. And I looked across this middle, and I went, my goodness, I probably don't know. 30%, you know, it really know. 
And it's just a, a looking back to history. Uh, many years ago, I began to, I came across, I don't know, it was a great epiphany to me. It may not be to you. Remember, you guys don't know me. I coach football, so I'm not very smart. But God put me there, and that was my tool to reach kids. But one, it, it, it came to me that when I began to understand just a little bit about my past, and that's what we talked about today. I couldn't remember 1903. That's past to us, but to God, that's no big deal. Yeah. And he started that vision back then. And to think about that vision, to be thankful for those men and women who listened to him, who loved, who gave, who came, who served, who lived through some really tough times. Yeah. But when I realized that if I can kind of understand my past and what God has done, then my future is no big deal because he's always faithful. So the excitement about what's going to happen here, I remember when the, the, Brian and I were talking, oh, no, Firehouse Kids is leaving. And just very quickly I thought, oh, wait a minute. What does God want to do with those that building? Amen. Amen. Well, you see what's happening. So join me as, as we pray in Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Kind of act like I, this thing came up to me that came in front of me this week. Think about you sitting on a bench. And God's sitting there, Jesus, however you want to look at it. He says, come here, sit down. What is it that I can do for you? What is it that we can do together? Think along that line as we pray in, in this Thanksgiving. Father, let us be still and know that you're God. Let us look at the past, what you've done in this church. God, you've done mighty things here. Father, the name of Jesus, we look at forward to this next time period you're going to give us. Bless the people that have been here. Bless the people that are here. And bless the ones that are coming. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, David. All right. This is a historic day. This is a good day to pull your phone out and take a picture of what God is doing here. We are standing in the place that many, many others have stood over the years whether it was 1903 or 1922, 92, or 2022, we're standing on the property that God had chosen for this church, that you and I would be here for this day to be moved by him, spoken to by him, and challenged to be the church in this day. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Father, we stand here today in a long, long line of people who have trusted you. For decades and over thousands of lives, you have been faithful. Before America was here, you were here. Before Texas was here, you were here. Before Ovilla was here, you were here. And Father, when we are gone, you will still be here. Jesus, in your name, we rebuke all fear and uncertainty about the future, about the future for this church, the future for our nation. We trust entirely in what you have done and what you are going to do. Satan, you will not have our children. 
You will not have our homes, our fathers and mothers. You will not have this place. We bind all evil from this place. We loose your spirit on this place, on this body, on these people, that people will come and hear and learn and be equipped. And Father, they will leave here and they will tell the world the truth, that they will set people free through your spirit, that your truth will lead to freedom, freedom in the place that matters most, the hearts and souls of men and women and children. We thank you for this place, for what you're going to do, and for the provision you've already prepared for us. We receive it, Father, in Jesus' name. Family, the devil does not play fair, but the only people that Satan cannot have are the Christians, the people who have personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I am here today to tell you that I am not playing with Satan. When I pray this, it is not to challenge him, and I am not toying with him. I am here to put him on notice. And that only and that is only because I am bought and redeemed and saved with the precious blood of Christ. I praise God Almighty for the work that he is doing here because he is faithful. I repent of any agreements and curses that have come upon this ministry from generations to past. I declare and decree that this church, Vertical Church of Ovilla, believes in Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. We believe in the Holy Trinity. We believe in miracles. We believe that the gospel is the way, the truth, and the life. I declare and decree that my God is a consuming fire. The same fire that fought for Elijah through faithful prayer is the same God that stands today. I declare and decree that we are a church that stands on the gospel as the word of God. I declare and decree that we will be a light on a hill in this community. Right now, I call on Michael and his warring angels from heaven. Jehovah, release them on behalf of our church. I dispatch guardian angels to surround every doorpost and window of this church. With these angels behind me and all around me, I speak this prayer out of my mouth. May the enemies of this church be consumed by God Almighty. May every demon, witch, warlock, principality, power that has been assigned to this region be consumed now with a holy fire from the gates of heaven. May, the th may thunderbolts of Jehovah Nisi strike every snake that has ever risen up against this church, my church, and be dismembered now. I come against the strongholds that have held the members of this church bound. I destroy them, I uproot them, and I dismantle them now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, go into the rooms of our hearts and drag out the messes that we have chosen to keep. The messes that we have made through our eyes, through our thoughts, through our ears, the things that we have chosen to listen to, to watch, to come into agreement with. I rebuke the lies that these things don't matter because they do. Lord, sever and break the agreements we have knowingly and unknowingly made with the evil powers that would trick us into believing anything but your truth. I come against the lying, seducing spirits that would try and thwart our purpose 
as a church and as individuals. I bind them now with the power of the Holy Spirit. I bind the enemy and the evil of complacency that has drained churches and individuals of their anointing through Jesus Christ. I shut the door of that lying, seducing spirit that would keep us complacent. The same door that Samson opened to Delilah, I shut it. May we know our purpose and may we grab our purpose and take hold of it. Woo, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I bless the hands and feet of every saint that can hear this prayer. May your ministry expand. Father, we stand on your word. May we stop walking through life as weak Christians and may we become emboldened and empowered through the Holy Spirit. As stewards of the gospel, we put on the helmet of salvation and we will start thinking and believing like those who are saved and redeemed and bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I rededicate this church to God alone and what he has called us to do. We receive a fresh anointing and a fresh wind. I cover my church and my brothers and sisters with the blood of Jesus Christ. And in the matchless name of Jesus, we say amen. amen. Father, today... We stand on this property, recognizing you are the one who has bought it for us. You have provided it for us. I thank you that our salvation has been bought by you. You have sealed us. You have secured us. You have saved us. And you have destined us to be your church in this day. The events that are happening in our culture today have not taken you by surprise. In fact, you have destined this church to stand against that lie and be the voice of truth. So, Father, we stand in that today to boldly proclaim the gospel, to boldly proclaim there is freedom in Jesus' name, that we don't have to walk in our past, we don't have to walk in the lives of this world, we don't have to be subservient to the world, but we can be servants of yours that stand bold in truth. So, Father, I pray we would walk forward in that. I pray we would walk forward and see captives set free. See marriages healed. See families restored. See minds and emotions all restored in Jesus' name. And Father, as your people, we commit to that. We will be your church. We will lift you up. We will boldly proclaim your truth. And we will stand in the promise that you are the one who is building your church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm thankful for each person in this circle today. We glorify you, and together, in agreement, we say in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Blessings to you, church. All right, let's do this. Let's lift him up and lift him up. Amen. Thank y'all. Next week, two services.